Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm Una Aya Osato, a.k.a. Exotic Other, a.k.a. Norms. Those are my burlesque names. And I'm Michi Alona Osato, a.k.a. Sister Selva, a.k.a. Lil Willie. I'm Autumn Brown, a queer science fiction writer, a theologian, a mother of dragons, and a healing justice facilitator for social movements living on Dakota and Anishinaabe land currently known as Minneapolis. And I'm Adrienne Marie Brown, a writer, student of miracles and love, emergent strategist and pleasure activist living on Anishinaabe land with my eyes on Durham, which I've got to learn all things about, including whose land it is. And this is How to Survive the End of the World. Our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. Mm. Mm. And now you've got everybody wondering about Durham. I know. They should wonder. So um, here we are. Um, we are so excited today mm-hmm. <laughs> to be continuing in our sibling miniseries. Um, today, we have the honor and pleasure to welcome to our show, Una and Mishi Osato. And I'm so excited about this because I met Una many years ago, back in 2007, Mm. when we briefly overlapped uh at this organization called the City Kids Foundation in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't really, we didn't get to work together. It's just we were kind of working in proximity and Una was on her way out and I was like there for a year on a short-term gig. Wow. And then we didn't see each other again for years. Mm. And the next time we saw each other was in Detroit at the Allied Media Conference, which some of our listeners will know is this, um, at the time it was an annual, now it's biannual, social justice conference for organizers, media makers, and artists. And when I ran into Una years later in Detroit, Una and her sister Mishi were leading a workshop on burlesque dance and liberation. And I was like, hold on. Wait. Wait a second. (laughs) One, my mind is blown trying to understand and catch up to where you are on the liberation path. And two, there's a whole other side of you that I did not know. Three, you have a sister? Hold on a second. (laughs) So basically my uh, my whole mind was blown and since then, I've been following y'all on Instagram, following the work that you do as artists. Um, I'm just, I'm very excited for us to get to introduce y'all to our listeners because you're magical unicorn artist, creator, performer, liberation teachers. And, and you're coming at the liberation work from a place that I think is so embodied and really challenges um, challenges us in a in a very unique way um so i'm excited welcome welcome to the show (laughs) we're very 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 excited we're very excited um 
So we like to start off the show just <laughs> checking in with each other. Like, how are we, you know, as Grace Lee Boggs used to say, what time is it on the clock of the world? Like, how are we right now on this time of the clock of the world? Is anyone ready? Are you like, I know how I am. <laughs> oh, and one thing before you start, because people are just going to be learning your voices, you know, throughout this show and siblings, we can have sometimes similar sounds. Just you say your name when you say anything. <laughs> okay, listeners can't see it, but there is some really amazing, very beautiful sibling collaboration, <laughs> theatrical, improvisational movement happening where they are trying to figure out who's going to go first and let's see if they land it. <laughs> I, and I will go. And I will go. Okay, hi. And this is Una. <laughs> Hi, Una. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Um, eh, how am I doing? I am so excited to be here. And then, like, when I'm not here, I'm not feeling so. I've been sick. With, <laughs> I've, been, I've been sick in bed. I've been oh. sick for, like, almost 15 months now um, with long COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so... It's just like God really changed my life. And uh, so this week, each week, it's like I'm dealing with a different symptom as a result of long COVID. So this week, it's vertigo. And (laughs) so I've been in bed all week, just like dizzy and thinking I'm going to throw up. But right now, I'm feeling like the most undizzy I think I've felt all week. So it's just like Mm. uh, that sibling, sibling conjuring, getting my body and mind here so um yes a mix Mm. of like so grateful to be together and whenever I see people I'm just like I love you so much and heartbreak of the world and like yeah so that mix that's how I am wow thank you Mm. I'll go um this is Nietzsche and Mm. similarly like just since we received your invitation, just have felt so excited and just enlivened by the idea of all of us being together and talking about siblingness. It's just like beyond beyond words. Um, and then just mm. in sibling fashion, I'm competing with Una for physical difficulties. So. I'm <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm also in pain, but a very different pain. <laughs> um, I currently have, uh, I, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to be honest. I'm bleeding out of my butt. <gasps> no! I'm so sorry, but I have anal fissures, which, you know, is not something I've dealt with before. And it's very, very unique wow. pain that I can feel my butthole very consciously in all moments. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, yes, it's like just present with you it's constantly. Fully there. It can, it's like a heartbeat, mm-hmm. another heartbeat. That <laughs> happens to An anal heartbeat. I'm so, not laughing at your no. pain, but wow. That's it's our pain. Um, so yeah. we're all pulsing, yeah, pulsing together in the eternal heartbeat of our anus that's where i am wow wow thank you for that that is that is i feel like there's a whole metaphor for the earth in that you know 
absolutely. It's one wow. tube, you know. I'm like autumn, you know. I'm thinking of the like how soup to nuts or whatever, but I'm like, how are you from your head to mm-hmm. your anus? Like, how are you? Yeah. Doing? Let's see. Um, how am I? I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I had therapy today, and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I have a, an amazing therapist, and mm-hmm. I am so grateful mm-hmm. for. Um, it is. It is not a small thing to find a strong therapist there's a lot of terrible therapists in the world Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so so I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot more regulated and calm um in my body than um than I have felt really at any point in the last couple of weeks and um Mm -hmm. And because of the, I, I do somatic experiencing therapy. So, you know, we focus a lot on the shape that the body wants to take. And, and I found that um, I was really identifying with the blank stare of a predator. You know, that that was really uh-huh. the, um, the shape that I'm in right now. And not, wow. you know, the... Um, you know, we attach, we attach, humans attach all kinds of like morality to the behavior of predators, but predators are just like out here doing what they do. And eating. that's why their <laughs> like stare is blank. Eat. Cause they're just like, yeah. I'm just, you know, killing this thing so I can eat it and feed my family. And I think that I'm in a sort of similar psychic zone of like, I'm just doing what's necessary so that I can protect my family and protect myself. And so I'm really wanting to kind of inhabit the the, the blank stare mm. of a predator today. Um, but in like a really, you know, in a positive life affirming way. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I am. Oh, and I'm also really still vibing off of, um, I got to see Adrian in person last weekend. Oh. Adrian came out for the weekend to be with me and my kids and to support us and just hold space for us. And it was just very, very magical to actually be together in person, oh. you know? Um, so it was one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm better. I'm better. How are you, mm-hmm. sis? Yeah. Well, I was also going to say, I'm still vibing off of running camp Adrian um, out of your house and, <laughs> and in your house because we never left the house. Um, that was awesome. And, you know, there's something about like, um, you, like your babies are all like very dynamic creatures, but also can tap, they each have an introversion. Like they each have a way of being like, yeah, like if we want to stay in and just all read and then play some video games and then watch a movie and like, like oh, we just mm-hmm. can do that you know? And so we had a great time. They introduced me to Minecraft. I created a, a home in that space that I feel really like just sweet on. And, the, and, and the, like, weren't the walls made of and diamonds so or something? I, I, you should tell them. <laughs> the bathtub. So the bathtub wall, the bathtub, it was an outdoor <laughs> bathtub made of diamonds and um, sustainably resourced diamonds because they're from they're Minecraft diamonds. Um, and I had, yeah, it was just a very gorgeous indoor-outdoor home experience. Um, 
I had two fires like on either end of the home. Anyway, it was just fantastic. I came home and bought Minecraft because I realized that all I want to do now (laughs) is, is, yes, as an adult me, I'm going to just, it's calming Mm. my system to just create these little homes and valleys in the Minecraft world. So um, so that's one thing that's going on with me <laughs> and just getting to see you, getting to hug y'all, getting to like eat, eat food with you. And I don't know, there's just like so many small things that I was just like, this is so great. And I'm never going to take it for granted again. <laughs> like, it's just so great. <laughs> you know, I love um, the way you picked that. Knife so up. all of that, you know, has, has girl, like literally I was just sort of like the way you stack your dishes is so great and like I love you know I just <laughs> I like love your toaster and your microwave <laughs> it's just like I don't know it's just like your home the rhythm of your home and the sense of your home and all of it um just made me so happy um and then I am going through this like kind of fascinating health moment and I had another big um step in it this week so I'm like going through this journey of trying to figure out some stuff that's going on with my esophagus and my gut health. And it meant doing this thing called um, an upper gastroscope where they're basically like sticking cameras down inside of your body, um, which is going to tie into my flume of rage. But I came through it and I feel like very like this, um, I don't even know if brave is the word, courageous. I feel something like in my personal courageousness because there's, it's, it's, I'm recognizing just how scary it is in this world and this society to turn and look at your unwellness, right? To sort of recognize like, oh, this thing has been beep, beep, beeping, trying to get my attention for a long time. And I know all the ways mm-hmm. to ignore it, um, but I'm going to not ignore it now. I'm going to turn and be like, tell me what's going on, body. And that's going to mean being really uncomfortable, being out of control of circumstances at times and different things. So, like I feel, but I feel like good in it. I'm getting really good results back. Like everything I'm getting is like, oh, you can work on that. That's wow. actionable. You can do something about this, um, which for a Virgo is like, <laughs> you know, can I do something about this? Then, okay, we're good. Like you can tell me anything, but if I can do something, I'm wow. still, I'm still okay. So, um, so that's been going on with me this week, but it has meant a lot of like, oh, I kind of have to cancel this or like, a couple of times I've just shown up and been like, yes, I've got hospital bracelets on um, and I'm here and I might be a little spaced out post sedation and that's what you're going to get. And people are just like, okay, <laughs> like, right. you know, we're all we're just in happy world, to be alive. Right? We're all, <laughs> yes. Literally happy to be alive. And also I keep thinking of us all like in the trenches, you know, that kind of crawling through the trenches, elbowing your way forward. Like, I feel like we're all just like, we're elbowing our way. There might be a forward, like there might be a finish line up ahead. We don't know. <laughs> we're just, here we are. We just keep going. Right. Like, I feel like you're it's here. that. So we're all just like, Oh, you're here. Great. <laughs> Let's keep going. Um, so yeah, some of that energy is, is present for sure in my life this week. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm really ready to hear your flume of rage if you want to take us into. Oh yeah. Let's take us the flume of rage. (laughs) Petty, angry. Flume of rage. 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 Well, I have two aspects of my flume of rage. One of them is related to the medical industrial complex. Um, and which I almost always have some, you know, any interaction I have with, um, 
doctors and hospitals I come away with usually like sort of equal parts gratitude and rage. Like mm. I'm like, okay, I survived, <laughs> but like that didn't have to be like that. Um, and this one was about conscious sedation. What even is that? I don't think that it should exist. So basically it's where they sedate you just enough that they can do things to you and you can't really, you're not going to like freak out and fight back, <laughs> but they're like, they, they don't have, it's like they have to have a different level of permission or, or location or something in order to do full mm-hmm. sedation. Right. It's like a different level of, of uh, medicine. So I, after the first round of this, they did the conscious sedation. I was like, no, that's, that's traumatizing. This is a traumatizing experience because I can tell that something's happening but I can't do anything to stop it. And it's very uncomfortable. And the whole time they're being like, you're doing a great job. You're doing great. And I'm like, if I can hear you saying you're doing a great job, you have not knocked me out enough. Give me more medicine. Right. You know, like I need to be right. further down. Also, I'm not doing anything. You're doing something I'm literally not me. doing anything. I, my body, my whole body's trying to get away from what you're doing. That's all that's happening right now. Um, and so it's, but you're conscious of that, you know? So I, I really am like, um, I'm just like, let's, let's not have that option. Let's, unless you, you know, I'm less like, I, I'm trying to think of the scenarios in which that would make a lot of sense. And I can't. So I'm like, maybe our listeners <laughs> can let us know like, oh, why? Or here's what, you know, like maybe if you're allergic to sedation medicine or other things, but I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I would like to not feel any of this. Mm. And for you to just, I'd like to just go to sleep and wake up and you'd be like, here's what's going on down there. We did all the work and you didn't have to worry about it, you know? Um, Cause it's already a lot of trust you know, to lay on an operating table to let anyone do anything to you. And then to have to be like, oh, I'm trusting you. Also, it's also the conversations you hear people having about you and about your body and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just sort of like, oh, what's that? I'm like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want like, to hear that. Rachel, I'm not so, responding. No. Right? <laughs> You're doing good, honey. You're doing great. I'm just like, I don't, I don't like any of this. So that's my first piece of rage. My second is... I felt a general rage this week about not living in a spirit-based society. (laughs) And I felt it because we're recording this at the end of an eclipse week. And I just feel like eclipse week should be like, let's take the week off. Let's all just take the week off. Um, You know, there's going to be too much going on. Literally all of your shadows are going to be coming to the surface, exposed, worked on. This is not a time to be manifesting anything, including work. That's what happened. That's what happened. Right. So the whole middle of the week, you're going to basically be crying in your bathtub. Like maybe there's water, maybe there's not like, this is what's (laughs) happening this week. Right. (laughs) And so I just feel like if we lived in a society that organized, organized itself around like, you know, spirit and moon and cycles and nature. And even, you know, just like, what are the spiritual journeys that we're on? Um, then these kind of weeks would be like, no one should be trying to function this week or Mercury retrograde happens for like a month long period, three times a year. Like that's time off, (laughs) whatever it is. Like (laughs) we wouldn't get a lot of work done, but I think the work would be much more beneficial and blessed because it would not be hampered by all of the shadow work that's also happening while we're trying to do our jobs and be in interviews and stuff. So Mm -hmm. just being from personal experience. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I had that moment this week. I was like, you know, in a conversation and I was just like, I'm really doing my best here, but it's eclipse week. Like, and it's like, you know, how am I? Not good. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> you know, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be good because I'm turning and facing my shadows. That's how I am. You know? um, <laughs> it's just like, 
ah, you know, so I'm, I mean, clearly trying to bring that into the world. And <laughs> I mean, I will say that every project I'm involved in does basically operate in a spirit based society. And we're just sort of like, how are you doing? We're taking the day off today. Um, so, and we're very efficient. We get a lot done. So that's a flume and also a plug, but that's yeah. how that's my rage, right? Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. What about you. you, sister? Anything enraging you? Uh, well, I, I think I'm just going to sum up my flume in two words. Mm. White women. <laughs> White women. White women. <laughs> With a WH on both. <laughs> wow, and I it. don't need to say anything else because no, that is, Sometimes that is, is it. I can't, I can't say anything hand. else because of the nature of the situation. Um, but um, yeah, hmm. I'm like, oh, I did not need to have that experience hmm. this week. Didn't need that. Yeah, one. that was it. Ooh, I'm <clears> pouring <throat> one out for the homie. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Thanks for sharing that with us, sister. Yeah, I'm sorry you had that experience. Uh, that mysterious white yeah. woman experience. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Michi? <sighs> I mean, I have a flume, certainly every bowel movement. Mm. It's a, a flume of glass, yeah. shard feelings. And oh. then catching my own anus and then pushing it back into my body. <laughs> like that? Wow. It's like that. Really? Yeah. And similarly, you know, for near a decade, I've had my body. I'm feeling such me. anal empathy for you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it's it's a gentle rage that is it's yeah. needing to move through to find other ways to be in this body mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. with it i'm allowing it to come out um another <laughs> rage or it's actually really hard to let out it's very hard to have a bell <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. the butthole is relaxing enough to let it happen. Yeah. You know oh, how God. bad it's gonna be. Like literally, the muscles are so tight that they had to put me on blood pressure medication to just like release. Ooh. And so I'm in a journey of letting go. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like the last ten years are like trying to show themselves to me again, and I'm trying to let it go. Oh my God. <sighs> I just want to take a moment and extend the vision towards your healed anus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on the other side of this, those easy bowel movements that don't even make a a gasp, a whimper, mm-hmm. nothing. Like I just want to yeah. extend. Mm. Yeah. Or I guess the shape is like that, but like oh. healthy sphincters. Thank you. Healthy sphincters. Healthy sphincters. Yeah. Ease. Ease. Yeah. Ease. Breaking in and releasing, which is, you know, a lifelong journey of, how to take it in and how to let it go. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to just be able to still enjoy life, even as my pulsating anus is trying to take some of that away. Yeah. But Mm-mm. that is also part of it is holding multiple things at once. The other flume <laughs> of rage was just like actually watching footage of an Israeli settler and, mm. um, uh-huh. The absolute, like, surreal absurdity of just the heinousness of 
taking other people's like just yeah it's just yeah it's, yeah it's mind-boggling and heart-boggling to understand how you can just yeah have so little ability to connect to other people's humanity yes yeah so that's been really enraging but, uh, yes. i'm trying not to hold it in my anus because apparently i hold something there so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. They don't deserve. They don't deserve to be no, in my anus. No, it's a privilege yeah. to be in my anus, and they mm-hmm. don't get to be there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And what about for you, Una? Yeah, I think that uh, like Zionism and colonialism really is just like just watching the the like horrific violence continue of like over 73 years of um of it all and then like incredible courageous resistance from palestinians on the ground and around the world and then just as like usual in the zionist playbook like the conversation just gets like turned around and about like like these accusations of anti-Semitism and like, it's like not even what's going on. It's like people are fighting for their liberation and like that it, it's not threatening to like, anyway. So it just makes me be like, why, wait, how does this, what? And and we like see it over and over, like, uh, you know, whether it be like white people centering their lives and it's not even about like we're not anyway so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (sighs) I just uh and I think and I and it's yeah and it's like totally making me really sick and I'm like this what I'm feeling and what like is just like the teeniest piece of what Palestinians for generations have felt and I'm just like uh, it, it makes me, it makes me like so, so enraged, so sick, and just so, so heartbroken. Yeah. Mm. Thank mm. you for sharing that, Una. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not anti Semitic to say stop killing entire families. Like at all. Right. At all. No. So, no. Enough is enough. Yeah. We were talking about it. I mean, I think one of our last episodes, we were speaking about just like, that cycle, like what plays out where people are like, oh, let me correct you. Let me do that. And it's just like, no, this, this is colonialism and we're talking anti-apartheid and that's, that's Mm -hmm. what's happening, you know, but I'm grateful that y'all brought that in here. I feel like we just have to keep educating people and people giving people space to have a strong stance on this one. So Mm -hmm. thank y'all. Let's all take a deep breath. yeah it helps to just name it there's so much going on right now that we're just like we have to be in the here and in the now right and there's a lot to be angry about and then there's also a lot Mm -hmm. to be really excited about and you two are like points of excitement for us um as siblings sibling organizers siblings in movement um and you know really people that we've looked up to you know we've discussed we're like they're amazing um and so we're really geeked out to like bring yeah we're like we're like why don't we do burlesque together like what the heck um so i think that this is a place for us to i know i'm like (laughs) they're gonna teach us how to change everything so we have this have this set of questions for you which hopefully guide guide you into something that feels like it works for y'all um, we're really excited for people to get to learn more about you. But we start off with a really simple thing, which is just where are y'all from? 
Like, where in the world were you born into? Like, where you come from? Okay, I was born first. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> Luna's the oldest. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. As the elder flower, um, I, uh, we're, we're born in New York, or what's known as New York City, Lenape land, um, and uh, our mom is Jewish, Hungarian, um, three generations in Queens, Queens, New York, <laughs> and our dad, big, big New York accent, yes, um, and. <laughs> Our dad is uh, from Japan, um, an immigrant, and uh, the only one from his family that is here. Um, and um, we grew up in the East Village in the 1980s, 90s. Um, and so uh, it's a wild world of New York that has been our life that we've seen and been part of. Wow. Wow. Wow, you grew up during such a time of profound change in that neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. I'll just add that our uh, in our sibling history, our mm. our mom's side of the family were two mm. sisters that married two brothers, and then they lived in a oh. two-family house, and they all looked the in same. In Far Rockaway. <laughs> It's like, it's not, it's like two, it's two families, but yeah. But, we, but just yeah, barely. Exactly. Just barely. <laughs> we come from. Wait, 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 wait. No. So your mom's no, no, sister. No, our, our grandma. No, no, no. Oh, your grandma. So okay, our grandma it, and her it. sister married our grandpa and his brother. And then they all lived in wow. a town. And they, so codependency runs really yeah. deep in, in our genes. <laughs> Okay. okay, got it, got it, got it. We know the water we're <laughs> yeah, swimming yeah. in now. That's important. <laughs> totally. That's our context. Okay. okay, so it's it's interesting that y'all went there because the next question <laughs> that we have had, had for you that we've been asking siblings is if you can talk a little bit about your family structure. <laughs> and you can interpret that question however you want, right? That could be about your, you know, immediate family. Like, are there other siblings in the mix? You know, but you could also share a little bit about the... You can share more about the codependency story if you wish. <laughs> and how, how are you in relationship with all the people in Queens and the, and the Rockaways? Well, our mom actually <laughs> left the Rockaways and has not turned back. We're always like, the Rockaways are really uh, cool. Like, we should go. Don't you want to check it out? She's like, no. <laughs> Done. Good. Yeah. Seriously, it's been back. like 40 years and she's not been back. Wow. <laughs> So. Good for her. She's like, I know what way I'm heading. Exactly. <laughs> um, our family that we grew up in the same apartment with in the East Village, our um, uh, our structure is, I would say, like, it's what we've known, but maybe unique to other people. Um, our, our parents, like, always uh, growing up, they would switch off, um, like, who would have a job. Not 
because they wanted to, I think, like just because what jobs were available to them. Um, and right. so, um, <laughs> but also our dad is the main person who all our life growing up was the cooker and cleaner and took care of the domestic fields um, is very much our dad's um, okay. realm. And our mom is more like uh, a Leo fiery, like, get, like going to get that job. And uh Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that was like our both both our parents are feminist and um that was like a pretty big that it's a huge val- family value um but I think like growing up and seeing uh gender roles uh beat up differently than maybe other people's homes um felt like also an important thing. I don't know what you'd say, sister. Yeah. Uh I think I didn't I don't think I had a consciousness of it when we were growing up. Um, but our dad was definitely our like caretaker in most ways. Um, and though I don't know how mommy would feel about saying that as I, as I say it out loud. Um, yes. But I feel like we, we get a lot of our like fieriness from mommy. Also, like, she's like, a, I'm not taking shit. I'm going to tell you like it is. Yeah. Kind of uh, yeah. sweetness from that. Mm. It's an edgy sweetness. And edgy <laughs> sweetness and care and all the things. Um, and I, you, you said this, they're feminists. Um, but how would you describe in any other way the political orientations of your family, both immediate family, if there's lineages of political space, if some of that has transformed over the course of your lifetime, but like what were you steeped in politically? I think a lot of our political consciousness came from like the places that our parents put us. Um, Hmm. So, like, we Mm. went to PS3, which is an elementary school in Greenwich Village that is known as the hippie school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. from (laughs) between PS3 and going to Camp Kinderland, which was a socialist Jewish summer camp, we learned from very young ages about political organizing and just responsibility to other people and that the power that we have is in people and that in in our uniting and you know organizing that we have immense power um and our parents put us in these spaces where we then I feel like found a lot of our community and learning and selves but they weren't necessarily like there with us side by side in um Uh, but that being mm. We also come from, like, our mom was definitely very politically active, um, a socialist, though she doesn't, she doesn't yeah. even talk about it often. Um, when we're like, so what was it like? <laughs> She's like, nah, nah, nah. it's in the past. <laughs> and our father, I think, like, in part from being an immigrant to the country and, you know, trying to assimilate and trying to find his ways in in this country didn't have as much um like presence in street protests as as our mom or something like that um Mm -hmm. and yeah 
don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I was just that our dad, like, because he was raised by women um, and, like, uh, also trying to reject a lot of misogyny of Japanese mm-hmm. culture. Um, I feel like the that's where, like, a lot of his, like, home caretaking um, mm-hmm. comes from. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think also just growing up in the East Village, like, in the time of uh, AIDS, it, like, really AIDS being a horrible pandemic that like that was um and the work of act up and like so many activists that just like even though we were kids the environment that we were in was like and there's squats everywhere and um and also like um a lot of poverty and drugs and like just a lot of a lot happening um that as kids I think is really politicizing and uh of like this isn't act- every everyone's not living like this like um uh, and then like piecing together some of the world um and I think our parents also have always been encouraging us to mm-hmm. do art um and like you know other parents might be like that's not a practical life career um but our parents have always been like yeah 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 like where how's your art going do your art do your art um oh, so between like those that. those aspects of things I think helped make us ourselves yeah. I, I think and how close are you in age we're the two four and a half years apart wow yeah. oh my god sometimes people ask if we're sometimes twins. people think when it's younger right. no also. I was definitely thought it was closer that's great <laughs> I think people think I'm younger than autumn yeah I think that that's true too <laughs> But but you yeah, and I know often. that I am squarely the baby of this family. We and know. I'm not trying to be the oldest ever. So baby. No, you're never gonna do that. That's good. Because you can't. <laughs> like literally. So um so four and a half years. Great. So that's we're five years apart. So I'm like, mm. yeah, this is I, I love seeing that closeness across that time mm. span. So awesome. Mm. Yeah, our parents also like I've always dressed, uh, as our parents saw it artistically, as the rest of the world saw it, they said sluttily. Uh, but our parents were always very encouraging of what they saw as my artistic expression, which they were right. And, you know, I consider it a huge, um, just gift that I can move through the world and have been able to move through understanding myself artistically, sexually, and all kinds of ways of expression and power and feminism. And that my parents specifically, our parents, I didn't, it wasn't a battle for me to have to do that. There were plenty of other battles, but with our parents, it wasn't one. Wow. That is so beautiful. It's, and it's beautiful to think about like, what are the battles that we are like lucky to get to fight? And then what are the battles that we are lucky to not have to fight <laughs> as children? Um, you know, that struggle. Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting hearing y'all talk about, you know, both your like process of politicization via the places that your parents put you via the, the environment that you were just experiencing growing up in um we would be really curious to hear you talk about the point where you started to 
politicized by choice, right? Like where you were sort of jumping off from the places that you were placed and finding those, finding places for yourself that required you to kind of step outside of the milieu. Um, And I would also just love to hear what your artistic practice had to do with that. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, Well, it's interesting you were mentioning the place that you and me met, Autumn, of City Kids. Um, Ah! I was a youth person there growing up. So at nine, I joined and it was like, Oh my God, I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. So me working there was like a reprise of like, oh, I did this as a child. Oh my teenager. God, I love knowing that. <laughs> so I was like a nine-year-old, but everyone else was like 16 oh, to no. 20. And so I think that also was like politicizing for me of like meeting um, teenagers from all over New York and being like, what that's what life is like in the Bronx like what like Mm -hmm. Flatbush is like that like so um and in that space um uh a big influential person in my life was this person named Jamal Joseph who was a former Black Panther and uh he was um part of the Panther 21 and like he was so his whole orientation of the world was very um Mm -hmm. like uh had a like just a super radical perspective and um so I I remember like learning about Mumia's case and um like just learning about things that uh I was so fortunate to learn uh and um see the ways that he was like that the we were being encouraged to like create art about our experiences and how we wanted to change the world and so Mm. um I think that was a like a very important place for me where I was like learning how to use my voice like uh fight for the world I want to see in community um with radical um perspectives and orientation um and in addition to like Michi was talking about our our summer camp we were like (laughs) learning about struggles of the uh present and past and um and then also we went to another dance school called locomotion dance theater um that again like the like teacher there um was really like create art from your experiences um create art that you want to how you want to transform and change the world wow Um, and the dance teacher is still michi's like mentor and she's and michi goes back and like teaches there to the young ones um and uh yeah i think i think um, uh, I mean, we became vegetarians very early. I wouldn't, I, I'm not gonna, like, this is not at all, like, this same, I, uh, but I became vegetarian when I was four because I didn't want to kill the animals. And then I peer pressured Michi at age six. Did she want to kill the animals or not? And she became a vegetarian. Um, so growing up, our parents would make two meals, one for us oh and with no meat and God. one for them with meat. Um, so that was like a, I think, like an early moment in our lives where we were like, our actions impact the world and we can make choices. Um, so I think that was a big moment for me. And then um, I really became politicized around like gentrification in the East Village and Mumia's case. Um 
and like opened up a world of like police brutality and political prisoners that was happening in abolition and um, to you, sister. Yes. Um, we, I did get peer pressured at six to stop eating meat. And it was the beginning of my political consciousness. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and but also, it, yeah, it's all encompassed right there. Um, as a very young child, my sister was very influential on my life and throughout my life. Um, and as we said, like going to socialist summer camp and learning so much about labor history and international struggle and um, growing up in the East Village and going to gay hippie school and all of that um, was kind of, I think, built a kind of groundwork of like, what is the world and what is our role in the world? And um, yeah. Yeah, Una really was and has been forever extremely influential and important and guiding for me. And I was just recently um, remembering that the first time I got in trouble at school for something related to political organizing was in eighth grade um, because my older sister had taught me things and taught me about Mumia and I was putting up flyers at the school and... Um, got in trouble (laughs) just that like been thinking a lot about like when did my consciousness around Palestine Mm -hmm. begin because although we went to this socialist summer camp um it was not anti-Zionist and just that at Mm -hmm. at a young age Una and Uh, all that she was learning mm -hmm. was she was passing on to me um and so there was just like certain things that I just grew up kind of believing were just the standard you know like so I definitely have felt that peer pressure since since I was six and beyond (laughs) even before that oh my god I love this and I identify so strongly with everything you just shared I'm sorry I'm sorry you were my only audience then captive audience you know Um, really I got to hear all those speeches before they went public um yeah we both eat meat now also just for the record I mean I have bone broth no I'm like heavy eating meat now and Una still like struggles with it and I see her like secretly apologizing and uh. <laughs> oh my god I love y'all so much also it's just helpful to hear I because I have one of my children is a vegetarian oh. and so I'm in that zone right now of having to create a different oh. meal for them than for the other two and yes. it, it is it's a lot of work but it's like it's so important to me to respect their choice and yep. they're so clear about it they are so clear they're just like yeah I just I can't <laughs> yep. I can't do that. Yeah. They're very, they're a Capricorn too. So they're just like, yeah, I just, that's yeah. not okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> Which now as an adult no. that has to feed myself several yeah. times a day, this I'm like, how way. did our dad make two separate meals every day for every meal? Like, and I guarantee you that he does not know. No. How he He's does. always like, I don't know. it was all a blur and then then just as I got 
um, uh. <laughs> older. Or I yeah. guess going to college, even yeah, though I grew going. up like dancing since I was three years old, I think going to college and um, my dance teacher at the time, Miss Adenike Sharpley, had a very strong influence on me in understanding that art and um, culture is activism. And mm. between her and I think um, I was also teaching mm-hmm. ESL classes mm-hmm. sometimes, understanding that like mm-hmm. activism was not just street protest and not just um, masses of people, but that it happens in a lot of different ways was kind mm. of a, a big point in my life of beginning to kind of open up to myself that like there's other ways to be working for justice in the world. Um, and then Beautiful. shortly after I graduated college, I went to the World Social Forum in Brazil and had planned to stay for four yeah. weeks, but ended up staying for three years. And Ended up like wow. living in the woods, no water, electricity, life, and opening up to a whole new part of myself that I didn't know I hadn't ever really accessed before. But that realizing that I was made of nature and that it really mattered to me, and that I was made of spirit and it really mattered to me, and that there was something I had to keep learning in all of that mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. for the first time in my life also feeling good like feeling mm-hmm. um, a sense of peace that I had never known before and it was a very confusing time for me because I had grown up in New York City like grown up not wanting to get my shoes dirty um, grew up really also <laughs> believing that it was there was no choice but to fight and work for justice in the world because there's so much injustice and um, not knowing that I could, how I could also feel okay and how I could not feel constant just despair. And so I think that for me was the beginning of trying to understand what, it meant mm-hmm. for me to be mm-hmm. fighting for justice, but not in the ways that I had known. And yeah. Wow. wow. That's profound. That's profound. Thank you. Um, it's so beautiful to hear from both of you, this weaving and pressuring and dancing and unfolding and like all of it. And it brings us up to the present moment and, you know, I have known you both through the Ally Media Conference space and been blown away by the work that you have done and do, so much so that when I was working on pleasure activism, I was like, I have to have you all come and talk about your work as burlesque revolutionaries, basically. I need to understand how that intersection happens. And um, and so what we want to know, because we know you actually work together with the Brass mm-hmm. Burlesque uh, crew, and what we want to understand is, in addition to that or through that or about that, what feels aligned about the work that you currently do in the world? And then also, what feels distinct or different that people might not recognize that you're actually up to? Hmm. Yeah, I think, like, finding burlesque and finding clowning, um, which is also uh, art form we partake in. I, I would say that's like a family, a family trait. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so both of those, like, it's a family affair. Yeah. <laughs> <Clowning>. <laughs> it's also in our genes. Yes. Clown and awesome. codependency. <laughs> that's the name no, of your collective bi- uh, biography <laughs> like clowns and codependency the una and nichi story hong kong <laughs> we um i think like like learning that both art and activism like everything is horrible and like oh i think a lot of my like early years of activism it was really about like how can like activism is only like pain and like bashing your head into a wall uh-huh. and like mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that like learning like and that art also felt a similar way like to be a real actor we both went to theater school and like to be an actor if you take yourself so seriously and it's not anything about joy it's like ugh clowning burlesque it's all about like an interaction with an audience like what are we doing together like we are incredible like sexy and also sexy means something different to everybody and like to me sexy like it it um that it like has to be coming from because our when we do our art form of burlesque and uh it, it really is about like um how are we present in this moment and what's real for us? And so it has to be tapped into stories that are, we want to tell, we want to tell it with our bodies and, and like um, accessing real pleasure and joy in real time. Um, And so I think that also like helped shift for me um, like a lot of, because I was like creating work and we're creating work together. How do we like do this? Um, for, for the in the law in terms of like longevity too like it can't just be like terrible all the time and and everything is terrible like so it's also so confusing so like but and how do we um create work that reflects our experience and the world we want to see um and i forgot the question This is one of my favorite things about y'all. I feel like you did this when when we were doing the interview for the book too, where you would like get down a path and then you'd be like, "Wait, what was the thing?" I have no idea. Which I love because I'm like, you're following the tree, like you're literally modeling. Like this is what it's like to be present. (laughs) That's the past. past. So (laughs) that question from the past, and I'll just bring here, is what feels aligned about the work that you're doing together, and then are there distinctions? Are there areas of work that you don't do together or ways that you approach it that are a little different from each other in this moment? I've, I'm almost done with acupuncture school. I've been in school for six years now. And as I was thinking about this interview and thinking about rebind the words out, don't come out of the hole back into the hole. And Recently, we were at a rally, and Una spoke to a group of hundreds of people, and it was just really incredible to witness you, her, my sister, the clown, um, being present and being scared and being you know, with illness and just like reaching in 
and finding a way to share and connect with hundreds of people in a way that made them feel more alive Mm -hmm. and made us all feel more alive. And as we were getting ready for this interview, I was just thinking about um, just what an incredible gift you have for moving so many people and for being able to connect to just like so many people and that I think for much of my life I've thought that I had to be my sister and I had to be as good as her and I had to do things in the way that she did and that that is not I think an inherent like talent of mine and that I'm understanding that more of what I or some of what I do is in a one-on-one way and it's in a smaller or a quieter way yeah um but that for much of my life I think it caused me a lot of angst to feel like compared to someone that is so incredible and um I see now in our lives I feel like all of the work that we do is healing work Uh and that it's coming at it from all these different ways Mm -hmm. and so to get to see my sister doing this healing work and seeing how it is changing and um yeah is it was it felt really powerful to witness and then also powerful to be able to witness myself also and be able to see that like what I have to share and what I have to do in the world is different um and to be able to just hold that for myself um feels like a huge thing in life (laughs) wow that is and I again don't remember the question (laughs) that was it no that was that was that was was it you know like that I really deeply appreciate the vulnerability of what you just shared and where you both are. Like, I feel like you're both so, it, so much of what you're sharing is like the work is about finding what your particular offer is. You know, I think of it as the Beyonce Solange um, mm. scenario, right? It's like, how yes. do you find your thing? Where it's just like, this is my thing and it doesn't take anything away from your thing. And like, we can love each other's things and do things together, but there's, we get to be our own animals in this forest, Mm. you know? Um, Mm. And I just, I'm the Solange of the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one who's like, I'm just weird. And I'm going to go do this and be weird. And you know, you come over sometimes and dance on the stage with me. And like, that's right. I aspire to the weirdness, but I just keep Mm -hmm. pleasing the masses. I don't know how to say it. Keep dropping head after head. Don't. What can I say? No, can't. <laughs> head after head after head. Exactly. It's a, <laughs> uh, it's a banger, the Adrian and Autumn story. So, <laughs> uh, this is such a good segue into the the last question that we had for y'all for the interview portion, which is, um, what is something that you think the world should know about your sibling? Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'm older, so I'll go first. <laughs> yep. Fair. Totally fair. I mean. Y'all are working out a lot of power dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> powerful. <laughs> um, uh, my, my sister. Um, I mean, it's, it's very humbling to hear like you. <laughs> 
um no 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 it's just like (laughs) in the forest um to hear you like say all these really nice things about me and just they're so like loving and supportive and encouraging me of, of me of my like own growth and healing and we have our own like whole ecosystem between us that like uh continues to grow and I just um even though I was a peer pressure as a six-year-old the power shifted I feel like and like uh I just like look up to you even though I am the elder um (laughs) in case it hasn't been said yet um no but I like look to you to to like uh compass in the world of like uh more deeply understanding um like real healing and uh like as a Gemini I feel like I get just like get very like and and your Capricorn earth sideness just really gets down and and deep and I'm just like um but it truly uh I feel like I like continuously am learning more about being a full person in the world like you're the person I looked up to most and uh love with all my being and so um we we create so much together and it's just like amazing to like you were just saying watch you like shine and and uh really come in not come into like in a patronizing way like but you um what you do you do it so thoroughly and like thinking about every Mm. comprehensive detail of like uh, we do a show like we did a show recently about um the military industrial complex a burlesque cabaret show um (laughs) working with like um about face veterans um like we're anti-war um so we merged uh burlesque and drag and all that together and um sister like held down like there was a whole area for acupuncture and tinctures and um she had social workers on call for then and after the show like you know I'm like sparkly hello here we go let's do it and she's like making sure that like the the depth and the love and care is is really fully there and I just see that in in all of your work and um I'm just so grateful to to get to be in this with you and and all the siblings that understand what it is to to, to be all of ourselves in and also so mm. deeply connected to other people so sweet what about for you michi what, what do you wish people understood about una mm. I feel my like protectiveness come up in the question. Um, I don't know if this is fair to say to the general world public, but I think that as I was saying, like my sister has such a gift and skill and talent and um, just like so much abundance for sharing with the world and um, just inviting people in and making everyone feel so whole and so welcome and so good. And it still has a cost. Like it, it 
uses a lot of energy and requires a lot. And, um, yeah, I just want the world to know that. Even though it looks effortless and it feels really fun for everyone, <laughs> like, it still takes a lot of energy. And so just, like, <laughs> know that. Just as you, know that. You know, wow. want to receive all of that from my sister. Right. It's like, just know that. Just yeah. know that. Just know so that. good. Yeah. Thank you both so, so much for that tender, precise, specific, excellent, everything that y'all just gave us. And wow, <laughs> we're done with the interview boards where we're like, you guys are so amazing. We're both just looking at each other like, yes, that's too. We're learning so much. Um, and we're, we're not going to cry until five minutes later. But um, we are moving in. We wanted to get... delayed emotions is our it's family like our thing. It's our family thing. We're like, you know, we're like, I felt this thing that you did three years ago. I need to talk to you about. Um, so we, <laughs> speaking of delayed things, top culture um, mm -hmm. is one of our favorite things, which is what are the cultural artifacts, happenings, shows, you know, memes, like um, comedians, whatever it is that is getting mm -hmm. you through life mm -hmm. these days. And part of it, the way we make the joke about the delay is that top culture often ranges quite far back into history culturally. Um, and I think today actually right. yours is one of those kinds. So maybe we can start with you, Autumn, and then totally see what everyone is. has. Starting, <laughs> starting in the past. And because we're, because we're short on time, I'm going to rapid Great, fire rapid. this. I'm just going to say Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I finally... I'm finally catching up on the whole saga, yes. starting from the very first movie that came out in like, I don't know, 1999 wow. or something. Different and century. Wow. I went from like, I don't understand cars to like, there's too much of the this and the this and the that. Oh, you know, like I, I felt like I finished the first movie and I was suddenly an expert on racing cars. That's how I love I that felt. you still didn't have any car related um, words to offer. <laughs> No, I didn't that's have the words. I couldn't have the words. Yeah. It, was, it was only inside the experience of watching the movie that I felt expertise. Awesome. And so good. And all of this is like getting me to the place where I can see F9, which is coming out this summer and features my crush, Charlize <laughs> Theron, who I am in love with. And Charlize, if you're listening, I This love could you. still happen, Charlize. Yeah. Yes. It could still happen. It's not yeah. too late for us. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for that. That was rapid. I'm impressed. Um, Una, Michi, do, do you know your top culture? What you want to offer? Yes. I mean, uh, I just watched Z uh, the first three episodes of Z-Way, uh, the a new show on Showtime. Oh, Z-Way, the uh, like comedian, comedian who like tears yeah. people apart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phoebe, so you often wear a skeleton costume. Mm -hmm. Is this your way of appropriating dead culture? I guess, kind of. Would you yeah. like to apologize to the unliving? Yeah, I apologize to everybody dead who I've offended by my um, skeleton and ghost costumes. Wow, you heard it here first, an apology, and not on the Notes app. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's amazing. She's so brilliant. Um, it's, yeah, so that was, it was just great. To <laughs> um and but my always go-to for like calming the nervous systems are cat videos and just mm -hmm. that is a lot of me and sisters just just sending each other cat 
cat. That's most of our communication, actually. <laughs> oh, oh that's so sweet. <laughs> We're over processing. It's just cats. Well, and I love. I'm just remembering too that people, everyone here, doesn't know your other names that you. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm Una Aya Osato, aka Exotic Other, aka Norms. Those are my burlesque names. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm Michi Alono Sato, a.k.a. Sister Selva, a.k.a. Lil Willie. Yes. Lil Willie. <laughs> Lil Willie. Yeah. Highly underrated. So I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about here, Top Culture, Michi. What do you have for us? Oh, well, I should have added that I am currently on a ecstatic retreat with my closest friends in <sighs> the lakes of North Carolina. <gasps> in the woods and it is beautiful and just soul holding Mm. and one of my friends sent this i guess it's called a meme i don't exactly know i'm kind of i'm i think i'm in autumn's camp of like what's a meme tell me yeah Yeah. (laughs) anyway somebody's brilliance on the internet on the TikTok internet, they rewrote this song that was very popular in my youth. And so I'll just sing it for you all. Um, not a singer, so, you know, very shy. It's going to um, be even better goes, then. Yeah. What would you do if your son was at home crying alone because a witch transmogrified him into a house? And the only way to feed him was to lure neighborhood kids into the front door so they get eaten up. And that's not a foyer. That is a home out. The teeth are the furniture and the chandeliers the uvula. And for me, that is what I call my son. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay, you're gonna have to just send that to us so that we can post it in the show. Oh, yeah, I certainly need that medicine certainly. both ways. <laughs> both ways, it's been just like feeding me wow. endlessly as I can't like eat and digest here and out of me. it, like it's there now forever. Yeah, um, yeah. thank you so much for that. And I will throw in mine, which is. Um, one is that I, I watch the voice and each year I watch it and I'm like, I'm never watching this again because each year I get so into the people who are moving forward, particularly like amazing big black women singers who are like making it forward and can clearly out sing every other person on the show or in the entire world. Every person and on then the show. right when America gets to vote. So it's like the cult, the coaches do a really good job of like curating a diverse, you know, team and and then America gets to vote and all the great people are gone. And then you're just looking at like which country singer who, you know, it's like maybe they have a nice tone, but I'm like, mm. this, it's, there's no comparison to what that lady was doing. Um, anyway, so I've been like every year, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like the electoral process. Like, no. Um, but then I'm like, they pulled me back in because like, <laughs> what at this time? So this time there was this young brother named Kim Anthony who from the very first performance, I was just like, oh, that's, I'm, I, I want to hear this person sing and see them sing and see them perform like for the rest of my life. Like I want to buy the albums, but also just the spirit of this person is just like the kind of spirit. I, it feels like watching yeah. a young Beautiful. Prince David Bowie, like just someone who's just like, I am completely 
ready to be an unfettered, mega joyful person for all. Like, I will give you so much. Just let me at it. And and so there's there were all these amazing singers. Yeah. And when America started voting, all the black women went home. And I was like, no. But Cam Anthony's somehow still there. And I was like, fuck, could Cam actually win this? And he was on Team Blake. And he actually won. And he won doing the most incredible performances. Mm. And he sang Wanted Dead yes. or Alive as one of his last songs. And I was like, what, I'm Cam Anthony? Joby. Like, you nourished my soul. I am so deeply satisfied by the performances. Okay, what I have to say, (laughs) sorry, I have to say about this, what I think is so fucking cool and impressive about this is that he totally gamed them. He was like, oh, I see you, America, needing it to be a country musician. I'll show you country. I'm going to sing about how I'm a cowboy. And then America's like, you're a cowboy. uh, Think about being a cowboy. And he said, he was like, I will go on team Blake. (laughs) Okay. We'll be on team Blake. That's your country team. That's who who wins this. The whole thing was like, just so brilliant. And then at the end, this baby's coming Mm. out in like an Afro. Like I am fully black power. I've got my pick in my hair. I'm wearing heels. I'm giving you prints. I'm I'm like, it's just outstanding. It's so satisfying. Mm. So like, Mm. if you, Mm. If you don't want to watch anything else with the voice, like just watch Cam Anthony's performances and you will feel great that this yes. person is moving forward in life. And then my only other thing that I want to share is I my top culture thing is I came up with an amazing sex toy idea and I want to put it out into the world um, for all of us who are involved in the strap-on community. And there's this toy that came out called the Womanizer, mm-hmm. which you may have heard about. I talked about it in Pleasure Activism, but it's the Womanizer, which is worst name ever, but amazing toy, suctions the clitoris, right? So okay. it wraps around the clitoris and it suctions while vibrating the clitoris. So it feels like you're receiving head or you're just inside of something awesome. So my sex toy idea is somehow you need to put that in the base of the strap-on so that the person who straps on is able to insert their clitoris into the womanizer little thing. And while you're entering someone, you actually get the wet entering squeezy feeling of entering. Right. I'm like, why does that what I'm saying? I want it to exist and I want it to be called the, the, the top joy toy or something, you know, like I'm just like, (laughs) The it's top, the top joy, joy toy. toy. It's just sort of like why, uh, you know, that's what we've needed all along. It's like what yeah. we, we, I don't want to feel, yes. I don't have penis envy. I have joy of this it, p- penetration envy. It's different. Mm. It's distinct, right? It's like yes. I just want to be able to mm. have top joy um, when I'm topping mm. or when someone's topping me. I want to know that they're feeling like all the things mm. that they, they could be feeling there. So that's my sex toy idea. And like yes. it's just I literally am walking around the house being like this idea is so fantastic. Like who makes sex toys? <laughs> And I send it to all the people I know who might know how to make it happen. And if it does happen, this might be the greatest achievement of my life. Like, fuck all the books. Fuck everything else I did. Like, if this happens, (laughs) like, this is going to, like, change queer life for all time. So, anyway, I just wanted to offer that as my top cultural thing. I'm just so glad that the best idea of your whole career happened right now on this show and that because of the reach of our audience this is going to be definitely it's going to be in the world and we are all going to get to have sex with it it's going to be so fucking great oh my god thank you so much this is brilliant um una michi (laughs) thank you so much for being on our show and i have to say it's because y'all are here 
that the conversation <laughs> went there. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like absolutely. your influence just opened up something that, like, you know, that the world them. needed. Think, yeah, it's like we're all up in it now. We're spreading <laughs> spreading the lips and we're spreading the lips. diving all the way in. And we're suctioning uh, and we're vibrating and it's fantastic <laughs> and our anuses are healed and it's just great. Mm. Oh, so good. Mm. Thank you mm. so much for mm. having us. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. You <laughs> suctioned us you. in. Yeah. Suctioned us into your hearts forever. Yeah, suctioned right in. <laughs> and suctioned right in. We love you. Thanks for listening to our show. We're on Twitter and Instagram at End of the World PC. We're also on Facebook at End of the World Show. You can make a sustaining donation to our show by visiting our page at patreon.com slash end of the world show. Another incredible thing you can do to help our show sustain itself is to write us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are an iPhone person, which you don't have to be. No one has to be. No, but you could also write there if you're the person who's going to make the sex toy or just, you know, put yeah. it somewhere on a link. Um, How to Survive the End of the World is produced and edited by the gorgeous Zach Rosen. Music for today's show comes from Tunde Alaniran and Mother Cyborg. Mm, it was a good one, y'all. We love y'all. 